Hello, good people, and welcome to episode one of season 12 of the Brunswick of Big Collective. I am Chris Shorten, with me is Paul Christoph. Good evening. And with me is Jeffrey Chi. G'day. And this episode is going to be a little bit different because we were lucky enough to, we and like two other people, were lucky enough to have the opportunity to interview uh, Tony McGee, who is the founder and still the CEO of Lagunitas, which was put together by the... Um, it was part of their Australian launch in at the Great Northern. Yeah, so they're now, even though Great Northern have been sort of direct importing, they're now officially um, yeah. available in Australia. Which is kind of cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jeff wasn't around for that, but um, Paul and I um, had a good long chat with Tony and we they tried to kick us out several times, but you don't really stop Tony. Tony just, um, you know, Tony is a force of nature. He's an absolute legend of a man. Yeah, really... Um, Really great guy. So without any more intro, uh, enjoy. And we are talking from, to Tony from Lagunitas. Hello. Greetings, how are you? I'm very well. Um, but uh, I don't know what to say. You just flew in, like. Yep, boy, um, my arm's tired. Yeah, you really had to do that joke. <laughs> you set me up. Like. I know, I know, and you know, I couldn't resist, and once I did it, I feel instantly like you knew I was coming. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> feel awkward, and you're like playing a gig later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Will be indeed. Yeah, with uh, some local guys. Uh, ben, uh, I forgot his last name. So, trombone <laughs> player, and he, he brought he got got a bass player and a guitar and a drummer together, and just, we're just gonna play a blues set. Is that um, so? We we should flag for people. This is part of your um, the Luggage Eaters. Um, um, launch in launch. Australia? Yeah, yeah um, cool. Are you planning on for every country doing like um, a, music, a music gig? No, no, <laughs> not planning on it, but I'd be happy to go play anywhere anyone's willing to have me play, you know. It's fun. It's a gas to do that, you know. Well, I mean, what does someone who, I mean, I guess the elephant in the room is the obvious one of the whole Heineken thing. Yeah. But what does someone who's, you know, just sold his enormous, um, <laughs> um, you know, enormous beer empire... What, what does he do with his spare time when he well, flew on and, and got the gold plated jet, private jet, of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the gold plated Qantas uh, jet, so <laughs> not, not, not so special as all that, but uh, you know, uh, I, I um, you know, when you I'm busy, I'm busy, mm. busy as can be, be uh, because uh, what I what my job is is to backstop the uh, the CEO and the boards of Heineken, uh, mm. their reasons for investing in us. There's always an incredible like tension in, in with big companies uh, partnering with small companies, where the it, you know Gulliver can just roll over and crush a few Lilliputians. And I think the ratio I, I saw a Harvard Business Review piece, and something like 78% of big company small company combinations five years out are deemed unsuccessful, meaning they did not achieve the goal of bringing the youthful, innovative sort of spirit into the big company because there's a regression to the mean that occurs, you know. So the CEO and the board decide to do a thing and then they hand it over to their operating companies to administer and those operating companies, they all have kind of narrower interests, you know. The CEO and the board are thinking 20, 30, 40 year time frames to set the company in a direction where good things happen and then the operating companies tend to think in 12 months, you know, kind of numbers, you know, where they have their incentives set. So my job is is to, to backstop uh, the intention of, uh, of, of, the, of the investment in the first place, which is actually to, you know, for Lagunitas to infect Heineken and to have a role in kind of bringing, you know, the, uh, the un an understanding of the next generation of beer 
into their into their organization while at the same time they continue to market fosters they continue to market all of the brands that you know Heineken and the rest of the things that they do all over the world which is their business yeah but yeah. we but we because you know craft wouldn't support a company of that scale but 25 years from now it might be a big part of what that company does well and that was so we a few years ago I remember the that because there was the announcement firstly of Heineken had bought half of Lagunages. Like mm-hmm. yep. Then there was the announcement that Heineken had bought their other half of Lagunages. Like right. <coughs> and that we sort of, um, uh, I think Paul made the really good point that it was essentially like, uh, why? Because uh, um, people were all saying, well, that means Lagunages like is going to change who they are. Right. And then yeah. Paul made the point, is like, um, well, but why would Heineken want to make another one of themselves? Exactly. They've got Heineken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What do you mean? Why would they want to make another one? Like saying, you know, a lot, a lot of when these buyouts and things happen, a lot of people are like, oh, the the brand's going to be ruined, oh, which has hmm. happened in the past. But sure, I think yes, yeah. Certainly in the the more recent times, happened hasn't happened, and you know, Heineken make a very consistent commercial mm. lager and sell it around the world. Right. They don't need to buy a craft beer company to turn in something that will make more Heineken essentially you know for for um for for Heineken in particular you know um, most of the growth in their company and it's a really you know it's a quite a story of uh, the last 20 years of that company's history um, and, and my main my just you know my, like my main relationship at Heineken really is with the CEO L name Jean-Francois Van Boxmeer mm. I just had dinner with him in Chicago the night of the 14th and we see each other a bunch of times a year and I text and talk about mm. you know which is kind of Unexpected, you know, because it's, the scale is so mm, different. Mm. But the, but this re- is reflective of his interest in the in setting this trajectory forward, because uh, most of Heineken, uh, most of the growth for their company comes from the developing world. You mm. know, it comes from Africa and India and South America and places. Um, in the developed world, craft is like happening every place, and so they have nothing but challenges. Mm. And so, you know, in part, uh, Lagunitas is about trying to. Bring, infuse the you know Heineken with um, an understanding of what this new thing is that's this disruptive thing is happening you know underneath their feet, and uh, so that they can participate in it and become part of that rather than uh, try to squash it or, or rather yeah. you know try to mm-hmm. imagine that well our beer just tastes better or they're like well you know the customer is is the decider of what's right, and so they they want to be aligned with their customers. Um, you know, you said you said lately it hasn't happened. So are you thinking in the terms of uh, like some of the ABI's acquisitions down here as well? Yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm thinking. So, so ABI uh, back in the uh, late '90s in the United States uh, invested in Red Hook and Widmere uh, in particular, uh, two breweries out of um, out of uh, Seattle and, and Portland, Oregon, and uh, it just went terrible. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they it was the big company sort of not understanding how to work with a small company and it didn't even come close to producing the result and then some years later they bought they they learned from that and then they bought it they invested in goose island in chicago and they tried a little bit more hands-off but not entirely hands-off and goose island's grown like crazy in the united states mm-hmm. and now it's flatlined and actually is is have is, is declining it's not not growing anymore and so through those experiences they've learned that you invest and you stand back you mm-hmm. feed it yeah. You try to let you encourage, give them, mm-hmm. give the bandwidth to these little companies because they see the future in a way that the big company just can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, so, so Heineken though, 
had a po- they're, they're, before they met us, they had a, actually had a policy they were not going to get involved with craft because it wasn't part of their core uh, competency. It wasn't it wasn't in their nature to. They they were good with loggers. They're good with larger brands. You know they're good. At, and uh, they met us and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, they, they, we just liked each other right from the first conversation. So you asked about the fifty, mm. and then the second fifty. We did the first fifty. Because, you know, I had, you know, I don't have kids and, you know, it's like I'm 55 at that point, you know, it's like, you know, no money saved because everything my wife and I ever made to the business ended up going right back into it. I had 900 employees and we were living, my wife and I are still living paycheck to paycheck. I, I did actually, sorry, I just want to say yeah. yes, I did actually read an article about how you used to um, um, uh, borrow money against the, um, the brewery yeah. to redo your bathroom <laughs> so you could that. borrow money against the, uh, so you could um, loan against the bank to get more money. That was that was <laughs> earlier days, but yeah, that went on. That's, that's I think it's brilliant. I know, it's kind of like, but I also, but, but I also kited checks and had bank accounts closed and all sorts of things. I, mean, I did everything you're not supposed to do, you know. But it worked. It was it great finance. Yeah. I paid my income, my personal income taxes a year to two years late every year for, for six or eight years in a row, you know. Like, well, it sounds like you're one step ahead of Trump, at least. I was, uh, I paid I paid all my taxes in the end, so I'm not so sure about it yet. I guess we'll no. find out, you know. But, uh, we'll let Mala sort that on. Yeah, but but so so we I needed needed to take care of my shareholders who had never seen stuff and never seen any return and they got a lot of free beer but you know ultimately it's money is real and you have to be responsible so 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 we, we did that first transaction but the and the 50 50 thing was really to, to make you know they say good fences good make good neighbors you know it's a robert frost poem and so the, the 50 50 was the, so we got to know each other and i got to find that the people that i thought that i trusted were people i could trust and and the 50 50 thing though produced opportunities but it also produced obstacles because I still had banking relationships, you know, I had, mm-hmm. I had a business that was very separate. And so some of the things the big company could offer, I, I, I couldn't use, and some of the big things that, com- that we could have done with distribution, I, we couldn't take advantage of because we were separate just, just, by just enough. So I was like, screw it, let's pull the ripcord, let's go. Yeah. And so really it was, we called Heineken in the first place and I was the one that said, let's go with the second half. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a takeover, it wasn't, they, they didn't chase us in the first place. We really, honest to gosh, everything about it was was motivated from inside mm-hmm. Lagunitas, you know, and it's Which, worked out great, you know. Well, I I was I was very curious because you guys have such. I mean, obviously, there's a whole um, 420. Oh yeah. Um, you, you see the super critical beer we did uh, with the terpene, the the marijuana terpenes. Now a bunch of other breweries have done it, but we did that. Oh, first, I didn't you know? say that. You know what terpenes are? No. Okay. No. Uh, mar- it's, it's, mar- it's by no means as um, legal here as it is where you are. No, like California is yeah. as legal as, as <laughs> chewing gum now, you know? But, I, I remember walking down Venice Beach and my friend Janice goes, oh, no, no, there's a doctor's, there's a doctor's, there's a doctor's. Yeah. You, you don't need a script. Just go. No. <laughs> local as well. Well done. <laughs> In any case, uh, um, it's good to have friends, yeah. Um, but, but in any mm. case, uh, uh, so ter- terpenes are the mm. flavor and aroma molecular aspect of, mm. of, of anything, any plant, grass, grass and oranges have terpenes, you know, that's uh, to, to dictates the flavor of the aroma. So that we, they took the terpenes out of marijuana, they took the terpenes out of our hops mm. for the dry hop recipe for the little something, something ale. And we exchanged them. They put it, the hop terpenes in a vape, marijuana vape. We took it, took the marijuana terpenes and put it in beer. The vape, when, some, when you take a hit and you blow it out, it smells like someone just opened a double IPA. 
You know, the, the, the beer you pour it sounds like it smells like somebody opened a twelve pound bag of weed. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and so, like so we, so, festival. yeah, so we keep doing those things, even uh, right. with the Heineken yeah. you know, well, relationship, you know. Well, because that's because uh, one thing that um, uh, I'd always wondered about um, is the whole. Would you uh, because you know Heineken started in Amsterdam. Um, Exactly. I know, exactly. <laughs> I know, right? You know where this well, is going. Yeah. But they're they're a very conservative company, and it's funny, you know, so they, they, they but you know, you can find up, you know, if you go into a, a river and you, you pull a stone out of it, you know, mm. and it's from the middle of the riverbed, and you break it open, it's still dry inside. That, that's Heineken in Ooh. Amsterdam, you know? You know, it's oh, like, I've never heard that line. That's yeah, really good. I stole that from Godfather 3. But it's, I, <laughs> so that's one nobody saw. That's the only good thing that came out of that movie. <laughs> But, it, but it's the same thing. So they're surrounded by it, but it doesn't penetrate, mm-hmm. you know. But they recognize that we're different. And this is one of, one of the reasons why they wanted to partner with us, because we could and would do things that they don't do mm-hmm. and can't. And so right. so it's it's legit, you know. I'm, I mean, but it, I think if anything shows that we're not, we don't, we're not, we don't have handcuffs on. Well, the breweries are very stuff. different. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've been to the Heineken Brewery in Amsterdam and been to the Chicago yeah, yeah. Is brewing. That was, you know, the whole Willy Wonka thing. Oh, you went through there, yeah? Yeah, I was there last <laughs> you year. You love that hallway, don't you? It's fantastic. You're like, what I, I, is going on? So, so this is how Lock Indians is. That entire brewery I laid out. You, you know Adobe Illustrator? It's a design yeah. program. Mm-hmm. I do all the labels and that. I designed the brewery uh, on Adobe Illustrator. I handed it to an engineer to, to, to get make drawings that could be signed off, you know, and, and get permits from it. So me and two other guys built that whole place. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and, that, and that hallway was the, the fire department. Did, they don't like just human, just civilians walking through a factory like this. Yeah. So they, they made us build that as a fire break so okay. that people could escape through the tunnel if there was a fire, you know. But since, since I had this long, crazy hallway, I was like, okay, get out the blue LEDs. Yes. And, and my, really si- my, it was my sister, actually, who does our communications, that said, that said we need the Willy Wonka music. So she got Gene Wilder put it up there. And we'd never gotten a cease and desist from the Willy Wonka people. I always oh, imagine sooner or later we will. <laughs> Any second now. Yeah, probably. More I talk about it. It's yeah. a really cool space. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And cool. just the scale of... Yeah, and that's something. You can yeah. park three 747s in there with the tails. I mean, <laughs> it's, that's a big building, you know. But it's all employed now. I mean, the whole building's working, you know. Every part of it's being used. 300,000 square feet with uh, 56-foot ceilings. It's that's incredible. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, when I first walked in the back of it, you know, it just opened. There are no lights in the building. Mm. And it was like... The, the, the sunlight poured in about 15 feet and got sucked up and disappeared in the building. <laughs> you could yell into it, you couldn't even make an echo because it would just disappear into the space. You know, I, but, just, I knew that was our building when yeah. I saw it. <laughs> I'm always excited. Uh, what you mentioned, do you still design all the labels? Uh, not all of them anymore, uh, but I, not, uh, lately, I mean, but like the 12th and Never, I mean, I did, I did 95% of it and I handed it off to design guys mm-hmm. to finish it for me, you know. Um, but they, but they're doing more and more of it. They're, you know, I've, over the years, I mean, that's just so. It's just really recently, like probably in the last eight months to a year, mm-hmm. that 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 that, 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 that uh, I'm art directing the labels. You know, and I used to. I mean, up until about 2000, uh, 2008, I, 2010, I wrote all the recipes. Little by little, I kind of art directed them with my head brewer, who's now brewmaster, and and uh, and he uh, and so now he does them all. But 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 both the design people and the, and the brewmaster, you know. He took the vocabulary I created, that I created, the visual vocabulary for the labels, and as well as the vocabulary of flavors for how we construct recipes, and, but then they all take them mm. a little bit further on their own, you know. Well, so. I mean, and I guess that's kind of the, I, 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 I've never been in your situation before, but I would assume 
one of the things you hope for is that you create uh, you you create a um, um, a system of a system of culture that you can trans uh, that people will carry with them. So you're That's not right. the only torchbearer. There's there's an old saying that's uh, it, it's it's a it's a um, it's, it's a poor creator who's um, whose whose creation requires its constant intervention to continue mm. working. Like in the, there's an idea about God. You know, mm. if God had to be involved with the world every day to keep it running, you know, <laughs> what kind of God is he? You know, <laughs> it wasn't a very good creation. You know, no, it's. It totally makes sense. But it takes and we brought religion in. It takes a long time though for to do that handoff, you know, yeah. because because it's you know everybody wants to decorate things with their own insights, mm. and it's hard to get people to pick it up and, and use it, you know. This may be a personal question, but was it hard to let go? Well, every day it's hard to let go, you know. Um, but uh, you know, if I was if I was a kid in school today, uh, grade school. There'd be a teacher standing five feet back from me wearing, you know, level five protective gear with a fire hose spraying me with Ritalin, you know, and, and so I'm like ADD to the, to the nth degree, you know, and, if, uh, and so one of the things I've learned in life is how to get out of my own way. And so on the first day of the brewery, you know, I was CEO, I was brewmaster, CFO, CIO, CCCCC, you know, I was every one of those. And every time I could get out of my own way and I find someone who would do it better than me I, I'm, I'm like a master delegator I love doing it and, and I've, I learned from a guy I, I met randomly one time at a, at a beer fest who was handing his company off to his son and I said wow what's it like you know he said I, he said oh we're at each other's throats until he said I, I got the idea that okay tell you what I, 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 if, if my son says something to me and it's 51% correct I shut my mouth and I'll watch it till it gets to 80% and then I forget about it because that's it's yeah. not going to do anything. But if it's not doesn't make, make that fifty one percent correct, you know, then then I'll say something. And you learn it makes it really easy to sort of trust people, you know. But you know, being a musician coming up, mm. I studied composition, right? Mm. If I'm writing for a damn symphony orchestra and chorus, and, and in the middle of it there's like a little bassoon line that might be fifteen notes that I just want to soar in a certain way, I'll write them out as carefully as I can with the phrasing. But I don't play bassoon. And so on a hand to the bassoon player to play it, I'm hoping he'll bring all his artistry and play it back more beautifully than I conceived it up in the first place. Because if he does that, I get to take credit for it. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's the same thing. I say I'm, I'm comfortable with that idea. I always have been. You know? Well, I mean, you touched... And, and a lot, for a lot of business owners, it's, that can be really tough. But, but and naturally so. But that's, I love it. Well, I mean, you touch uh, touch on a very similar thing. I watched your um, I watched your YouTube video on the website. Oh yeah, um, which like was really. I'm, interesting. I'm saying some of these same things. I know, right? I know, Cause, I know. Because I figured out how to how to express these clearly, and so maybe well, I'd become didactic. Well, well, your approach might remind me a lot of um, there's a um, producer called Joe Henry, mm -hmm. and Joe Henry talks uh, talks about how he's got his goal is essentially cr to create a situation where the people can um, make the mu make the music. Properly, he's not there to steer it. He's just there to create it so it can be made. And create the circumstance. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very similar thing to what you were saying. I thought it's an interesting parallel between um, yeah. how you make music and how you make well, beer. Well, you know, I've said this about beer too. You don't really make beer. You create the circumstances where beer. Mm. I mean, you know, you don't grow a tomato. Mm. You 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 foster the, the 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 life of a tomato plant. And if everything goes right, and you make it happy and keep it safe, you get a tomato. I definitely don't grow, know how to grow no. tomatoes. Yeah. I kill tomatoes. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but you don't grow the tomato. You, you grow the plant. The plant yeah. does that thing for you. You don't make beer. Yeast mm. makes beer. You know, you, 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 we're really, you know, a brewer is really a yeast rancher. Mm. You're trying to create happy, well-adjusted, well-fed, you know, yeast. Mm. 
and then they go they go do their thing and you get to sell their poop you know yeah and you harvest them and you, t- and you have them make the next batch of beer you know and that's what we're drinking right now is yeast poop but what could be I'll, better you know it's good enough for a brewery I, I, that, that's almost a quote for this episode um, <laughs> cheers to that <laughs> Let, let's because nobody's asked us to leave yet um, let's talk about beer what uh, I, do you drink your own beer or do you drink everyone else's beer <laughs> you know um I'm a, you know, I, I, I play guitar, listen to recordings, but I don't go hear other guitar players very often, you know, because it's like, you know, it's, and I don't drink other people's beers too often, and it's mostly good. I have an old, uh, there's a, I have a rule, if you don't want to like somebody, don't get to know them, because <laughs> you get to know them, you could, and so if I, the last thing I would want to do is drink someone else's beer and think it was, like, better than my own, so, so I, I, I drink my own beer and, and try to make sure that I, make sure that I'm actually loving it, and mm. not just think I love it, you know. What's your go to? Uh, I, you know, IPA, every now and then I'll get distracted and fall in love with something like the Little Something Something or the Twelfth and Ever, and I'll drink this for a while, but I find myself gravitating back to the IPA. I, it just sits in such a perfect spot, you know, in the sort of spectrum between sweet and, 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 and bitter, and you know. Out of curiosity, do you read your own untapped reviews? No. I, I, but I used to read our Beer Advocate reviews until I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> until I just had to stop, you know. <laughs> But but every now and then I'll go back. I shouldn't say that. Every now and then I'll go back. I'll look at I'll look at Beer Advocate just to read some of the crazy, interesting things people will say. You know, I'm getting pomegranate and, and a hint of ass, and there's a little moldy ass, but just a little bit of cat piss. And I'm like, what the hell? We need a new flavor wheel because yeah. I'm not sure where dank fits into a flavor wheel. You know? No, I don't. It's not even a thing. No, is it a thing? Really? What, dank? Yeah. What's kind of flavor? No, I, I don't know how you achieve it. I don't know what... I, I don't understand enough about dank to really... I think know. people yeah. just say dank because they think they need to they prove need... that they know what they're talking about. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, I know why people say dank, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that makes sense, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, we're not going to explain the visual prop. You can work that out. It's a sound effect. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. it's a sound effect. We've, right. we've got a whole sound effect. We have the Foley guy making little crinkly noises. Exactly. <laughs> Who knew we had a Foley guy? Right. Um, but... Would you like us to read untapped reviews of your beer? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's what we normally do is normally oh, do you? we not part of the segment of the podcast. We weren't sure if we'd have enough time, but yeah, like I said, no one's kicked us out yet. Is we drink a beer or two beers and then we read untapped reviews. You know, when you, if you talk, if you, you know, I've I've heard a lot of actors uh, say they don't go to see their own movies because mm. they just can't. The cringe factor is too huge, you know. <laughs> And, so, and sometimes actors will go see it, but they'll sneak in after the movie's already started and just watch mm, out the audience. Mm. I've heard those stories. You know, but it's, it's, I, I just feel like, you know, you know, the, the untapped is a, it's a, so it's like, you know, there's a big difference between a snapshot and a portrait, you know? Mm. So so I, I can look at a review, you know, uh, look at the rating, like on Beer Advocate in particular, mm. and I see a nice rating for the beer. You go diving in, there's all sorts of stuff that just would disturb you, you know, the, 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 the because that guy got a beer that was older and sat in the sunlight mm. for a month before well, they drank it, you know. It, so, so I like the portrait. Like, are we selling more beer? Are, are, is the rate of sale for point of distribution holding up? Meaning, is that audience that we've that we've accrued over the years at a certain market is it stable? Mm. Uh, are they? Are we disappointing people? Are we mm. thrilling them? You know, that all all these snapshots. These are real people and they're real experiences, but they can be so. Those experiences can be so idiosyncratic. I mean, did you have asparagus just before you oh, drank the beer? And, well, we had Six Point, didn't we? Who have just re-entered the Australian market, but they were in Australia years ago. 
Yeah. Unless they, they found out that their beer wasn't being treated the way it should have been coming in uh, here. They actually mm. pulled it out of the market. Yeah. Well, there is that. I mean, beer is perishable, you know. And actually, we've noticed a lot of the US beers. Mm. Like, it's, get, it's getting better now. I think people have realized how important distribution is, but back in the, say, four or five years ago, yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, this highly rated US beer I've mm. heard about, they drink it, but this is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah. Now you go to the States, drinking it fresh. You're like, this is mm. amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but there were a lot of people, you know, four or five years ago, uh, who would just say, hey, I want to get your beer in Australia. And, yeah, I'll buy it. And, and you ship it all down to San Diego where mm. they aggregate, you know, 10 different breweries into one container and it mm. gets shipped by slow boat, you know. Yeah. You know, it gets here and it wasn't refrigerated and it sits in a warm warehouse and it, there's only, they only got five accounts they sell to, so it takes that container like a year to yeah. go through. And I mean, you know, and, and for those breweries, you know, it was like, well, this is exciting. You know? And the truth is, it was terrible, you know. So we've been, we've, we've fallen prey to some of that by accident too. Well, try, to try to be smart and but now with Heineken well it's an interesting thing you know Heineken they're used to shipping their beer yeah. warm they're, not, they're used to shipping their beer warm they don't ship their beer cold you know because the lagers are all very mm-hmm. reduced there aren't residual sugars there aren't big hop flavors to kind of protect <clears throat> and one of our requirements is and they allow this and, cur- and then facilitate is, is cold cold tra- mm-hmm. you know, transit the whole way you know so the beer is refrigerated when it's sitting on a container ship which makes it good for everyone, really. You hope so. I mean, this to me it tastes great. Yeah, you know? it tastes beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it tastes. This is like I mean, it wouldn't taste any different 100 miles from Chicago than it does here. So, so beer we're going to be getting here is that coming out of Chicago or California? <clears throat> um, California coming here, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, right, so what are people saying about the IPA? <laughs> I like this one. Um, Tom V. Once upon a time, there was a family of zombies: daddy zombie, mummy zombie, and daughter zombie. Four point five stars. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, one, one where does thing, that come from? Huh? We don't know. But one of the great things we've discovered about reading untapped reviews is that but they're drunk when they're writing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, we spoke to um, Greg, one of the guys that started Untapped. Yeah. Because um, started from us basically saying we love Untapped, but we're bagging out the search function. Mm. Is it? And it's a Google. And he said thing, they right? had to know, so they've no, had to no, design their all, search function based oh, on the Google. logic that people will be checking in beers after they've had a few drinks. Right. And what are people likely to be right. searching for rather than what they're actually searching for? Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a really interesting the kind of mm. things they've had to tweak. Well, you know. So there's actually logic behind why when you search for something, the first result may not be what you think it should be. Which gets interesting. Um, but it's all circumstantial, which is brilliant. So so, so we, get, uh, we get all sorts of... Uh, you know, I put the phone number on every label. I mean, at the end of it, I mean, I just put the brewery's <laughs> phone number on there. Who puts their... And, and so we get all these calls from people in the middle of the night. And so we took some of them, we made... A, and we, we made videos out of them. We, we had hired an animator to do some of these things. Come on. And, and these, <laughs> these, you know, these people are hammered in some cases. We'll put the link up in the uh, episode description for you. exists that's I mean, right that's right <laughs> i mean it's batshit crazy but that's the fun yep. part yeah there's, there's other crazier ones too so i don't know 
so it's good. It's, you know, you know, beer beer just lights people up. I mean, there's I don't think there's anything more human in the world of beverages. There's water and beer. You know, it's been around long enough. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Water, wine, and beer. I mean, beer was making itself before we ever decided to try to make it make itself. Mm. You know. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, cheers to that. Cheers to that. Uh, oh yeah, someone has seen you two I tonight. Seen you two tonight. Fuck you for what you did. You know who you are. Three point five stars. <laughs> there are a lot of people drinking this beer at the U two concert mm. three. Cool. Three uh, weeks ago, wherever mm. that is. Fuck you, whoever. <laughs> that is one thing we are hoping with um, some of these brewery bites that have been happening is that in Australia it's been very hard to get good beers at stadiums and sporting events. Yeah. Whereas you know you go to the states and there's fantastic beers in. Stadiums. Some of them, yeah, that's right. So, More enlightened ones, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we are hoping that that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. If we can get Lagunitas at a, at a footy, footy game. Footy game, that would be incredible. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> so, one one last question, then you probably have to actually, you know, form stuff. No, nah, not until eight, so we got time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, um, are, you, are we going to see Lagunitas do a New England IPA? Well, I think we we, get, we got a couple out right now. Just in, uh, oh, we, we have okay, few, we haven't seen them yet. No, 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 maybe not here. You know, um, you know the thing about New England IPAs is they're not stable. I mean, it's it, you know, because um, there's a lot of live yeast in it. You know, uh, they're, they're you know, there's a lot of kind of um, un, you know there's a lot of residual sugars. That, you know, they're kind of dextrin rich beers, and, and so you know, you know, I, the funny thing is, is you know, this idea of New England IPA is. It's just a, a, you know, late, late edition hops. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, so the IBUs are very low. And then a lot of protein and it's not the filtered. Well, that's how we made beer for years, you know. I mean, you know, and, and so, but, you know, you when you want your beer to be more stable, mm. you know, because quality is a point on a curve, you know. Mm. Quality isn't one thing. And, and with beer, because beer is essentially a living thing even if you filtered everybody yeast out of there the organic chemistry is still combining and recombining and changing and oxidizing and things are happening in there that you know the more stuff you leave in your beer the less stable the flavors are so a new england ipa drunk fresh is a fun beautiful little thing to drink you know i mean but but it's um, it's a difficult thing to make stable i think some of the bigger brewers are doing it but it's not live yeast. They do other things. Mm-hmm. Like if you go buy a Blue Moon, you know, uh, in the United States, yeah. milk or, it's not yeast that's in there. I think it's a silica product of some sort, you know, that just creates okay. the look of half bites in there. Kind of. Oh, wow. You know, okay. the, well, we've seen a bit of that here where mm-hmm. people are trying to make, they're not making true New England IPAs, they're making beers that look hazy mm-hmm. by other means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard some people put, fl- some brewers put flour in the kettle. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just to create a haze. I mean, that, that's all cool. And it's all, you know, but here's the thing is that with, with beers, like what, what craft has brought to the world is, is endless innovation, you know. And, and, you know, if you got, you know, if I understand you have 500 and some brewers here in Australia yep. now, you know, I mean, there's, there's 6,500 in the United States. I understand there's 9,000 permits that have been written, you know, the 6,500. It's like, you know, it, 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 it's sort of like uh, if you, you know, they say if you took a million monkeys and put them in front of typewriters, eventually mm. one would type Shakespeare. You know, yeah. it'd and be the so, blessed of times. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, thank you, right. Simpsons. Yeah, and so, and so that's the that's the great thing. I don't know, will New England be the next thing? Maybe so, you know. But either way, everybody's trying to do something to move the needle, to yeah. excite mm. excite beer lovers. Because the thing about about the craft beer is it's entirely crowdsourced. Mm. <laughs> this is not brewers producing 
you know, I mean, they, everyone has, the brewers have their vision of what they want to try to do, but all, well, ultimately what we all do is we put it in front of consumers and see, it's not, do, you, do you love this? Is this, and, and, and if it doesn't get a good response, you stop doing it and you do something else. Well, and we, this is what big brewers don't do so readily. You yeah. know? Well, they can't afford to. <clears throat> well, but it's hard. It's just hard. But we're all so much closer to you guys. And, and you know, little real little breweries, the owner brews the beer and he puts it on the bar in front of the guy. This, right. And he goes, do you love this? And you watch. And, and what, 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 what beer lovers love, we do more of. What you're just sort of interested in, we, we'll do some more of. You know, what you don't like, we stop immediately. And, and you know, so it's really, it's coming from, you know, the other well, side of the bar. That's what we've always said. Well, a lot yeah. of the times it's about the, it's like one of the quotes, was it, that, the episodes? The customer is... Oh, the, the, the customer is, um, you, you make the beer the customer wants You make the drink. beer the customer wants. It seems right. um, like a simple thing. And here's thing. the thing is that, that, and this is the very interesting thing about, like, how it developed in the U.S., um, beer lovers didn't know what they wanted. Mm. You know, they just had feelings about what got offered to them. And over time, they developed some preferences, you know. But, but you know, there's, it took people so long that, I mean, they're still developing a vocabulary, you know. I mean, for a time, you know, hazy beer was not really good beer, you know. Yep. And now all of a sudden, they're like, okay, I understand what haze is. Yeah, leave a little haze in my beer. I'm cool with that, you know. That's, that's beer lovers talking, you know. Um, well, it, to me, um, I came into craft beer... Um, I come from an art, art school background, and I came into craft beer because I saw the exact same um, thing as what I was seeing in, um, you know, any, anyone from a visual artist to a yeah. um, musician, where that they were like, they're all just experimenting to see if something works. Right. And it's Precisely. it's fucking brilliant. You don't know what you're going to find next. No, that's right. Yeah. And, and like I said, the th- you know, the thousand monkey, a million monkeys mm. typing, you know. One of them will type something incredible, <laughs> and then and then there'll be a things that don't work, but that's okay because then they'll make something that does. You move on, do yeah. the next one right away. Yeah, that's why I say when it's crowd. The new term is crowdsourced, you know. Mm. But, but that I think that applies to how craft beers work. Um, you can't you can't impose something on a market because you have distribution power. You can put it everywhere, and everyone might have one, <laughs> and then they could move on, you know. But, but like but like these iPhones, you know. Mm. I mean, you know, there's a time when. The, the, if you asked a consumer of phones what they wanted, they wanted a, a, a smaller flip phone, you know? Then all of a sudden, Steve Jobs puts this in front of people, and they're like, oh, I never even dreamed that I couldn't live <laughs> yeah, without this. Where's, where's, the key, where's the keypad? Yeah. 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 But, but Why is it more like a but, Blackberry? And, 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 and the minute you start using it, you're like, oh, I had no idea I can't live without this. You know? Right. I mean, it's like you, did, you don't even know what it is that you really want. Until you get Which was Jobs' line. Well, what's, what's that, um, it, I think it's a TED talk, and somebody talks about what separated Apple from, I think, that was, it's an older thing, that's not talking about Dell and Gateway, and it was sort of like, these companies say, okay, people want a computer, we will make them computers, whereas Apple says, people want something in their, people, people want something to help them make this part of their lives easier, we will build a device that mm. makes that, they don't know what the, they don't know what that is, they don't know that they need it, they just know that it will make this thing in their lives easier. Right, well, you know, Henry Ford was famous for, it, it, you know, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they mm. told me faster horses, mm. you know, but, but having said that, so this IPA, you know, I started making this, and I wrote this recipe myself in 1995. There, there was nothing like this in the world, and there were only three breweries in the, in the country that were making IPAs as, as their lead package, you know. But I was trying to make beer of the future. You know, at that time, people were drinking wheat beers and fruit beers and, and, and amber ales of every sort, you know, and there were a couple of porters and a couple of stouts, but nobody had made beers with the, with these really, really late, this late hopping. I mean, actually, I stole the idea from a local uh, pub, a guy named uh, Grant, Grant Johnston at the Marin Brewing Company, was making these beers where all the hopping was late in the picture. And this is the first commercial progenitor of what is now 
the way IPAs are made. I mean, I, you know, that'd be a hard thing to prove, and you know, people would always dispute and say, "Oh, who the fuck do you think he is saying that?" But, 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 but we, look, we did just it first and early. Yourself, then. Yeah, but you know, but the, the, and our IPA is the number one selling IPA in the in the United States, um, and not by a little bit. I think the next best selling IPA is about half what ours sells, and it's just because we've been doing it longer and did it so early. You know, I mean, that's like evidence of it. So you know, this was this was a this is a you know, it's a touch screen. Phone. I mean, in liquid form, you know. People didn't know that they loved, they would love this. Yeah. And people came to it, you know, and found it. And I, that's, that's the thing I'm most proud of. And another thing that's interesting, right, check this out. The three letters IPA, you go ahead, Google, and look for beer labels. You can't find the three letters IPA without a period between the three letters. That's mm. key, too, you know. Because, you know, when you put a period between, as an artist, mm. you'd appreciate this, it stands for something else. Yes. Right? I got rid of the periods. So it stood for itself, mm. and it because I wanted to create an iconic shape that that could then be associated with our brand, you know. And I and never thought of it. So funnily way. enough, what yeah. you're saying. So I was in South America for the past month, and nobody knew what an IPA was. You had to ask for an IPA. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, people call people call our beers uh, IPA. They thought that was the name of our yeah. brewery. And further, if you look at it and you see how the A is wrapped underneath the P. Oh yeah. That kerning. I did that because I, those shapes weren't working mm. when, I, when the way the letter spacing would work normally the, the A would be out a long way and we were honest to God the first ones to do that and you know <laughs> I, I mean I, but, did, it, it, but you know it's like saying it's like, be, it's like saying you, were, you invented the moon by being the first mm. guy to point to it so yeah, it, it yeah. Does, it's, it's a, you know but, but we, we did we, we were the progenitor of that you know and that's I mean, I found that. I, found, I pointed, mm. I found, I noticed the moon earlier. <laughs> and, 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 and I got rid of, and, and if you go back and look, you'll find everybody spelled the spelled it India Pale Ale. They spelled it out. And it always had like a Bangalore Tiger or a Taj Mahal, you know, or something along those lines. There's no India, no British, nothing indicated on Which this, is probably you know? a good thing. So oh. It stands for itself. So I'm proud of that now. So it's awesome. We have been getting the roundup. Yeah, we're so getting we've, people saying, um, cut it, cut yeah. it. Um, yeah. What do they know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're not part of this conversation. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for cool. um, appearing this tiny booth. With Thank us. you so much for your yeah. time. Yeah, well, you guys, it's a cool thing you're doing. You know? these, these beer podcasts are some of the best things there are. And it's good beer is great. Yeah. How, can you, how can you lose? Yeah, um, But thank you so much. Cool. So that was our interview with Tony from Lugging Eaters. Uh, I do highly recommend that um, you know you tell all of your friends about it. Um, we'll be back next week with way more stuff that'll be probably you know more of us talking. Um, in the meantime, have a good weekend. Good night. Good night. Good night.